Hot Rock. It's the Review and News Podcast. Uh, I'm DJ. I'm Evan. And this is the podcast where we typically take a second look at our or your favorite uh, albums or movies. And if you'd like to make a request, head on over to Kofi.com slash Critic. Dude, I feel like I've really got my uh, phrasing down for these intros. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but yeah, today's request is by Dr. Goatman. Uh, thank you so much for your request for the just, second Have we been Matrix saying movie. it the whole... Are you no, just I'm just messing with you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, is it like Dr. Joke about it? Chemin? Yeah. You know? <laughs> we joke about it? It's like, what if it's... <laughs> Goat man or something like that. Yeah. Goat man. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much, Dr. Goatman, for your request. Uh, so we are looking at Matrix Reloaded. Oh, you guys, the Matrix is back. It's super serial this time. They're like super serial about like the philosophy. You've really got to like pay attention because it's like really deep, okay? You know, in between the 45 minute fight scenes where absolutely no philosophy is happening, you know? Because <laughs> those action oh sequences God, are movie. so it long, exhausting. I That's what this. Mm. I gotta take off. I'm wearing coat right now. I gotta take it off because we're about <laughs> to get into this. Because I like this is one of those I remember as a kid. This movie and being like the first movie, of course, revolutionary, incredible. Yeah, it has its flaws or whatever. But who gives a shit? It's the fucking Matrix, you know. <laughs> but. When you get to the second movie, it's so just like, I remember as a kid watching this movie and getting to that point with the Smiths, the million Smiths going to fight them, and having that feeling in my head of, man, they really want me to think this is epic, but I am just exhausted, like halfway through this fight scene, you know, when it's just like, uh-oh, here comes more, and it's like... Who cares? <laughs> like, you yeah. know? I I had crafts in my hands. And I think that greatly contributed to my enjoyment of the movie because I could kind of tune out when it was the, you know, half hour long CGI and, fight scene. And you know what's so crazy? Like, the more I watch this movie, the more I'm like, you know, there's not a bad movie in here if it wasn't about, like, Neo and Trinity and was about, like, all of the other characters in the background and was one movie and just had, like, the part one and part two together and it was just about Zion fighting for the life. Because the more I look at this movie, the more it's like, Neo and Trinity, they basically have nothing to do with most of what the main crux of, like, Morpheus trying to get the, the Nebuchadnezzar and trying to get... Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just a tangential plot, honestly. The whole thing of, like, uh, uh, Smith becoming unplugged, and now he's really yeah, that gonna get you. Yeah, well, like, that, that was a, like, the Wachowskis pulling a Marvel right there. Yeah, and really. Was like, and tune in next time, kids. Right. Like, I was like, are you kidding me? I remember, again, again what was 2003? So I was maybe, like, 12 or 13. And I remember as a kid being like, what in the world is this? Like, you know, you know, when you're like your kid, you're still supposed to be dumb and enjoy the thing. You're still supposed to be like, oh boy, can't wait for the part two. But I remember being like, wait, that guy barely played into this, and now I'm supposed to care about him now at the tail end. But I don't even, you know what I mean? He it's, just he just popped up a couple times looking sketchy. So yeah. I gotta say, I have for all the Matrix movies, I have very cloudy recollections of when I've seen them and how much and under what circumstances. Part Oh. because I think they were on TV a lot back yeah. when I was a kid and we had TV and I just like would catch part of them on TV or something or it'd be edited or I'd only see part of it. Oh, and no, see, I, I was in high school where me and my friends would watch these sequels of the originals all the free. We cycled them right next to the Quentin Tarantino movies. Yeah, like I, I only watched, I think I didn't see any of them in theaters. And I think I saw the first one as a teenager, and I think I saw the second and third one because I was in high school when they came out. But I don't remember, like, I don't remember specifics. And the weird thing is, like, 
if you had asked me like what happens in the movie, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. But then as I was watching it, I was like, this all feels super familiar. I feel like I've seen this really recently. And I I, I have no idea. I could not and tell you. Is Jada Pinkett Smith in the first she, one? I don't think she is. I don't think she is either. She's I just such a strong presence in this movie. Yeah. It feels like she was there. Well, because <laughs> she, I think, because she's like not connected to the F. Well, okay. So. I feel like we need to back up a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, and so here is my, like, I sat down, and I'll, all I remembered is everybody is always talking about, like, The Matrix 2 and The Matrix They were really, really bad, right? And so we got this requested. I'm, like, not looking forward to it. I'm like, oh, okay, I gotta sit down and watch this. And I, like I said, I had crafts in my hands. But I actually did enjoy watching this. Um, but what happened at the beginning was, like, I was thinking a lot at the very beginning because you jump in and you have this, like, Crazy action sequence with well, like the very first action sequence, which is so like. By the way, just doubling down on the hey, uh, is it cool for our protagonist to just be killing people who unprovoked, who didn't do anything to them? Like, well, and so <laughs> and comes in with a motorcycle, yeah. At this, like, you so know, we'll come to well, that. Hard, so I guess they're bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the whole thing. There's a lot of confusion in this movie about who's a human and who isn't. Yeah, and then also there's just like these fake outs that are really annoying, where it's just like, oh, that was actually a dream sequence, and oh, oh you thought that was happening, and oh, that was actually a dream yeah, because I believe, but it was, but it was a plot. Point. So maybe Neo. Well, and, it, and it's uh, with the Matrix, and then dreams, and then the Matrix. It's it's always like it, what's real and what's one, not. It's, it's like it's one of those things where it's like I get the idea of movies in general doing the thing of like oh we're playing with like what's really happening, but it's like it's as you watch the movie, it starts to feel like you're not doing the we're playing with the idea to make you think of it. It feels like a no, you're cheating this so that you can have it both ways of oh well he's able to get by us, but we don't actually need to explain how the hell this character is able to get so close because it was a dream maybe you know what I mean yeah so the first that first action sequence with Trinity is a dream right because then she yeah. wakes up in bed with Neo I also like I turned it on in and it was set to Spanish hmm. and I didn't notice at first until it was Morpheus and Link and they were very obviously dubbed in Spanish but at first I just assumed uh-huh. that they were in a Spanish speaking part of the matrix um so it's it's this action sequence that has trinity like flying through the air and there's the bullets like going in slow motion through the air with the little you know smokes, yeah, the little contrails yeah, yeah yeah and so and then you know trinity and neo wake up and they're in zion and they're like you know they're talking and there's like morpheus and link and there's all these characters and they're all like in which by the way zion looks so depressing like i yeah, get it's, it's like, like this is what we're fighting for it's like, I mean, I get, okay, it's the last bastion of humanity and it has to be underground because yeah, the yeah, machines yeah. have messed up the service and stuff. But it's like, it's so depressing. It's like you live in a cave. You live yeah. in a gray cave. And, and what was it? Uh, oh, yeah. It's like, I, I'm with two minds because like on one hand, it's like, yeah, you know, okay, it's a dream sequence. And the idea is like, it's a premonition of what things could possibly be to come. But on the other hand, it's just like, a, don't you just hate the movie fake out, you know, especially at the beginning of the movie where it's like, oh, all of that stuff that just happened actually didn't. And then, like I said, it wouldn't be so bad, but, like, the next fake-out that happens is the one where it felt like, okay, so whoever the heck the guy is who looks like an evil guy because he, you know, has sunken in eyes and, you know, you can see his cheekbones very prominently, so you know he's bad. You're talking about Bane that's... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the guy that ends up... Yeah, yeah. He gets gets caught by one of the, um, uh, one of the Smiths, but... In that moment, when they show that scene happening of him going like, oh no, he got caught by one of those messes, and then he, uh, Neil wakes up again, oh, was that a dream? And I was just like, 
Okay, can we stop that's doing like, this? That's a plot point. That's yeah, getting like, that confused. actually matters. I, I <laughs> definitely, like, I had to look at the Wikipedia article after I watched the movie because there were things where I was like, I'm not sure I followed the plot here. Yeah. But, so what I was thinking about is in terms of sequels, my personal opinion about sequels in general is that a sequel should be able to more or less stand on its own. You should be able to watch it and enjoy it without knowing anything about with, with like right, right. You could be like, oh, so, it fills you in enough so that you right. can just go on with the story. My yeah, yeah. my feelings about this come from you know growing up in the '90s and the early 2000s in a small town where our video store and our library didn't always have everything, and so I very often watched movies or read books that were the second or third or fourth in a series. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's, I, I feel like you, you know, any work of art should be like, I don't think you should have to do homework to be able to appreciate right, a standalone right. work of art. Right. So with, you know, and we had just watched the matrix fairly recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I don't know how this would land on me if I had not seen the matrix. Um, but it definitely felt like there's a lot here that is relying on you having seen I mean, the Matrix. Honestly, I gotta say, like, as someone who's watched the movie, I think it's actually not helpful because you start to think about how the movie, the first movie unfolded, the movie that you enjoyed, and then you think, wait, if Agent Smith is just back, and the things that uh, uh, Neo did to fight Agent Smith, they didn't matter now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like, well, and, and the other thing, the other thing that I wanted to say is this is a very different kind of movie because even though like the genre is technically the same, the the Matrix, the first movie is you know as we discussed, mm -hmm. it's uh, you know arguably a pitch perfect or nearly pitch perfect trans allegory, mm -hmm. allegory and it's yeah. and it's about and it I mean just in general it's about like discovering yourself it's about right that's like what it, the function right. of it is it the and, philosophy is the steering uh, point of the part of the narrative yeah, and, the, and the plot of the movie is you know it's got that very hero's journey thing of neo starts out being an office worker in a more or less ordinary world and then the mysterious strange people in the sunglasses which by the um, <laughs> the sunglasses like the fact that it was like the uniform of their all in long black trenches yeah. and sunglasses and I mentioned like I have some facial blindness so <laughs> like oh, the I and the heroes wear sunglasses like, I had so much trouble <laughs> telling people apart because they're all walked walking around dressed exactly the same and the only way you could tell is well their sunglasses are more circular and their yeah. sunglasses are more angular. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, the the first Matrix is about this sort of ordinary seeming guy who then gets woken up into this like, whoa, what is going on? And and you've got Morpheus and Trinity sort of explaining and guiding him along, and here's what's going on, and here's how the world works. Um, and this movie, you're dropped into a whole lot of world building that happens really fast. You're dropped yeah, into... Yeah, first of all, we're underground. Right. We're in the real, real world. Right. There is no... There is basically no ordinary world in, in Reloaded. Yeah, it's yeah. like you drop in, you're in this underground civilization, and these robots are trying to kill all of us, and yada, yada, yada. And it's a very different feeling. It yeah. is a, you don't get that... You don't get that feeling of, like... It's not as inviting as like a, the everyman is getting pulled into the. In, in fact, there's one character named Mouse who they kind of introduce but do nothing with. Where it's like, "Hey, look, you saved me from the Matrix." Yeah, and yeah. Like, the, oh, you saved yourself, and it's like, 
shouldn't this guy have been like the sort of you know the new character that we kind of like are yeah he's just sort of this annoying kid who exists and that character felt like uh, i mouse was i think in in the first one this guy is just credited as kid i believe Mm. yeah that looks like him. Oh, oh okay so so but yeah like that character felt like there was more of a story with him written originally and then they just kind of dropped it yeah yeah happens with and, movies and but. now i just like you know the whole thing that this movie kind of like hinges on is like you know because that's the opening sequence oh i'm so afraid that i lost trinity yeah it's a premonition about their love ending oh don't don't doesn't your heart break for the tragic ending of trinity and neo the the love for the ages you can just see it in their uh behind their sunglasses as they look <laughs> glaringly at each other you know what i mean i, I mean just, I, like, this movie so is trying to go like the love for each other is so strong you can just see it as they you know blankly stare at each other <laughs> i mean i i will say i feel like they're you know when they were making out in the elevator yeah and you know they like, tried to do a little I, thing oh, oh we're making it out oh right before oh they caught us oh, yeah oh, i don't know i mean that so that felt pretty effective to me um <laughs> as somebody who generally like i don't i don't tend to like watching making out on screen it like i don't it, to me it felt like sort of totally believe that we're in a relationship we're, we so are you guys <laughs> I, I guess i mean and i will say so what was interesting to me about this were the religious because obviously there's a whole like if you look at the wikipedia it's like the matrix reloaded has themes of philosophy and <laughs> uh philosophy and kung fu movies and like yeah. you know it's just this but but there was a lot of um Christian religious allegory in this that was interesting in that and like for one thing like I feel like there's Christian allegory in so many freaking things that I generally don't find it interesting the only reason cheap and an easy right it's like the the TV tropes everyone is Jesus in purgatory But, but the reason I find it interesting here is because you've established you know again with the Matrix with the original movie you have this very particular journey of this character who's sort of relatable everyman and then he becomes this Jesus figure and and I say specifically not a Christ figure you know because like arguably like oh like there's some self-sacrifice or whatever but it's really like it feels kind of like Godspell (laughs) like because you know the musical about Jesus and how do you not Oh, God's not. Oh, right. You're not a theater kid. You're an opera guy. I know my follies. I know my music man. I know the Pete okay. Ryan. So how do you not know Godspell? Look, you get, so, you get 35% over here. You don't get the okay. other 30 right over there. Godspell is like... Godspell is like Jesus Christ Superstar meets Hairspray. Yeah, see, I guess I just already saw <laughs> one Jesus hippie. Christ Superstar. I just assumed there wasn't another one. No, Godspell's like, <laughs> like the sexy hippie one. Um, I think maybe I'm mixing. You know, two I drop up off right my mu- when was that one? Because I drop off my musicals around like the 60s and 70s. It That's was, it was like the 60s, 70s one, and also I think originally they were all classic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw. So I haven't seen. Anyway, I haven't seen yeah. Godspell since I was in high school. But anyway, um, but it's not about like the you know the sort of theological Christ allegory, whatever. But like it's like literally Neo is reminding me of like Jesus walking around in christian bible stories and having like the people like when he comes off the elevator yeah yeah and all these people are like, oh bless us with oh, the, right yeah, all yeah. the neo like my son is on the you know, Although, what, you know what was he what was he gonna do like well he that's kind of way before he does anything like these people i these people seem to think that he basically 
is this divine figure who, if he like, you know, he has enough power to just magically divine yeah. the keepers when, safe. I mean, and, they kind of frame it as if he kind of does. He kind like, of, well, I mean, well, the reality like, is that he's only doing that in the Matrix. Like, that's how what we're kind of aware of. Well, see, that's the weird thing to me. Of, yeah, is the when movie he starts unfold. Doing, because the whole point of the Matrix is it's all a simulation. Yeah. He realizes it's a simulation. Right, and, because and so you of can that, manipulate it. Right, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like lucid dreaming. Like, you realize right. you're in a dream, so you can start doing stuff. But then it's just like, no, he just has magic powers. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, so Morpheus's character change mm. is very interesting to me because Morpheus in the first mm. Matrix is like, yeah, we get a little bit, which I, and I, we mentioned how it's like, I saw this as a kid and it's like, oh, that old man. And now right? it's like, oh God, no, just... he's so young. Like, yeah. um, But, you know, even though we have Morpheus getting into conversations where other characters are like, oh, I think you're wrong, Morpheus. He still has this very authoritative, like, yeah. you know, and in, in, in Reloaded, he comes off like a crazy religious zealot. Yeah, and he's not the head guy in charge yeah. now. Now he's answering to all so, these other people. So it's very interesting that you have this, like, authoritative, like, I am, you know, I'm Morpheus and I'm going to tell you how what's what. And then now in this, he's like the weirdo running around being like, no, the prophecy. And everybody's like, Morpheus is that. And it yeah, exactly. And and what I like about that is, like you said, they they try to make us care about the Trinity and Neo relationship. And I could barely give a toss. But when it comes to like the Morpheus and Jada Pinkett relationship mm-hmm. with this guy and that, and it's like, I can tell they're like, I can tell plot wise they're doing sort of, sort of cheap uh, second hand to sort of be like, oh, what was already happening up to this point is that Morpheus was with Jada Pinkett, but then she got, uh, she went, he went to the Oracle and was changed. So it's kind of like the setup is already on this awkward, like, ooh, well, when they do these cutting looks at each other. But they really good But yeah, they did it well. And so it's one of those things where it's like, it it was done well, so I wanted to follow this story. Can I just say cast-wise, there were some familiar, like Gina Torres, Gina Torres pops up and you barely see her and I was so like, Zoe, it's Zoe. Yeah. And then, um, and then, uh, Link is, um, uh, Harold Perrineau. That's, I was like, where do I know him from? He's Mercutio in Romeo plus Juliet. Oh, He's God. my favorite oh. Mercutio that I wish they would have, like, oh, not God. cut the Queen Mab speech to death because I happily would have watched him do the entire uh, Queen Mab Yeah, speech. no, I love that guy. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. So, like, you've got these, like, pretty minor characters who, um, who are, are pretty fantastic. It, I think he's my like, favorite character because he, he actually gets his relationship with his, uh, like, He's with his woman. Yeah, and it's kind of like, oh, we've got their kids. Their dance scene was really hot. Like, also, there's oh, like, man. there's a dance rave orgy and, that and, happens. It's so insane. It's like, it's like early 90s and, dancing. The way these then, people are jumping. Like, they're not even on that, beat. They're just jumping as high as possible. Yeah, <laughs> and then, and that looks really weird. They never saw anyone landing. You yeah. know? <laughs> they're all dancing in a cave. And then also, then like, Neo and Trinity have their love scene. Oh, like, yeah. Go, Small cave. <laughs> yeah, and I remember as like as, as a kid being like, should I be watching this? Because <laughs> it was like so many people just jumping up naked, and then you know them like they're having sex, but you see the metal things are on them, so it's kind of. Can weird. I say the? So I think the first time, at least that I remember, like clearly seeing one of the metal things is when Lawrence Fishburne is up there like doing the announcement, and he's uh, kind of scantily clad, so you see all the things, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh yeah, like. That was kind of like, I mean, not that I would have expected them to forget about the metal things, but it's like a nice little like, touch. Like, oh, it's still, yeah, it yeah, feels, it's still it, part of it. It makes it feel more specific and not just like generic sci-fi robe people. Right, right. Um, but also, so the we'll get to the 
uh, Merovingian, I guess. Merovingian, yeah. The Merovingian. My he, favorite villain in this movie, he, honestly. He's great. And it was kind of funny because I was thinking, wow, I know French people. And I was like, wow, his French accent's really good. Like, it doesn't sound like a silly fake French accent. It sounds like a real French person. And the actor actually is French. Yeah. So that's why. Um, yeah. that's but I love the idea that he's a program who just really likes French. <laughs> yeah. Can I say, I, I do love the line. It's like wiping your ass. Like, cursing in French is like wiping your yeah. ass with silk. Um, yeah. And we'll get to, like, the twins and all this. But, like, can I just say also, I... What, are you thirst-quartering for the Frenchman? No. No, no, no. I thought he was entertaining. I'm not thirst-quartering yeah. for him. No, no, no. I just, um, the whole thing of, like, he's a program who wants to do this, or he's a program who's gone rogue, or she's a program that yeah. feels like this. To me, as, like, a software person, it sounds like he's a sentence that wants to do this. Like, <laughs> like, she's a lyric that said that. <laughs> it, like, it's got feelings. It, right. It's just like, because a program, it's like, it's not really, it's like, yeah, it's a thing, but it's not really a thing. And They're just taking advantage of people's ignorance about how computers work. <laughs> and it's like, I guess they're thinking, you know, I mean, arguably like a piece of software. I mean, and it's the thing of artificial intelligence and obviously like the bad guys in the Matrix, right? The machines, they're all machines, right? Yeah. There are no, unless I'm missing something, there's no organic, there's no organic origin or component to these. Like, they're not like the Daleks in Doctor Who where there's a little gross No, octopus. no, yeah, they're just There's robots, a little gross yeah. octopus thing inside the robot. It's like, no, they're no. just robots that look like gross octopuses. Yeah, yeah. But, and so is the KFC man. Is he a robot too? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The you talking about the architect? Yeah, yeah. I love how like I knew, yes. The, the, you knew exactly what I was talking about. But yeah, like the architect is a program. The Oracle is apparently a program. Yeah, and that's that, what kind of threw me a little bit. Where I was kind of like, wait a minute. Okay, all right. Just real quick, it just kind of felt like a oh, don't you trust me, Neo? You're gonna have to trust me. Or da 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 da. And it's like. Yeah, but we're fighting machines, and you just told me you're a machine. Why would I trust you? Literally, the only reason I would be trusting you now is because, well, I already trusted you in the first movie, so I guess I just have to. Like, you know what I mean? It just feels like, no, you're yeah. working with... I would literally have every reason to believe that you're giving me information to make me do what the robots want me to do. Yeah. Like, you know... <laughs> And so there's these two sort of things happening once you have in the real world, the real physical world, where Zion is an actual place with meat human beings underground in actual metal and stone buildings that are being threatened by actual physical metal robot things. And that is happening, right? And they're fighting yeah. a war with these things. And also at the same time, you have this thing going on in the Matrix where Morpheus is like, okay, we got to go talk to the Oracle. Neo goes and talks to the Oracle, and she says something about like, well, you got to go to the source, and you got to meet the key maker to get the key to the source. So then he goes on a quest to find the key maker, and then get the, the fetch quest for the MacGuffin. Right, it's a hundred percent a fetch quest for a MacGuffin. He gets the key maker, and then he goes to the source, and the thing happens. And all through that whole. Side of things, there are real human beings in meat space getting threatened by real metal machines. Right. But also, there's all this stuff going on in the Matrix, and it's like, you know, I feel, I felt like part of it was like, it was starting to feel a little bit harder. It's like, yeah, you're Matrix faffing around playing a video game. Yeah, and what's funny is that, like, the Matrix doesn't feel like a real place anymore. Like, it feels like it's, yes, it's that's purely there for action season. It doesn't feel like they're interrupting that real is, life. It feels like it's, mm -hmm. here is the Matrix, which is an action scene now. That is exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah that's exactly what I was going to say, is that it doesn't feel real in 
reloaded because in in the first Matrix movie, that's Neo's reality. That is or at least like the first half right, hour. Like, we're in a normal that's feeling the world. entire world as far as he knows, and then he finds out that's not actually the real world, but it's still the world in which like that's his whole frame of reference. In the Matrix Reloaded, Zion is the real world, and so. Like and the only time we cut to the Matrix is for over-the-top right. stuff happening. And so it really just feels like they're going and playing a video game yeah. when there's, like, and, real shit going and on. And what it makes it even more annoying is that, like, it, like, when I think about what he's actually doing, I'm like, wait, there's one point where he, what is it, Smith sends his uh, earpiece... Yeah, yeah what, and what is okay? What's going on with Smith is that somehow whatever Neo did to him at the end of the first one made him able to like and I spread himself and cause that. other people to communicate. I hate that so badly mm. because I watched back in the first movie and was like, I had I remember having this feeling of like, wait, 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 wait a minute, what happens? So Neo, after like being able to like you know revive himself somehow, he was shot a lot, and then somehow he was able to come back because oh, it's all a video game, so I guess I can do whatever I want, and then he runs into Smith, he doesn't just like, you know, uh, hit him with a gun, hit him with a slice him with a sword or anything. He runs into him and like causes Explodes him to like him. explode. Him. Yeah. Now, the other two agents run for dear life. He doesn't run into them and make them explode. They just leave. So it's like, okay, so you could have gotten rid of them without running into them and making them explode. And so it's like the fact that he comes back and you did something to me, Mr. Anderson, that made me do It's like, so this is your fault, Neo. You could have done any other thing to make this happen other than literally merging with him in a way that allows him to continue living and do what he needs to do next. It's your fault, Neo. I mean, yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, Neo probably had no way of knowing that yeah, that would happen because it's, like, it's That's weird. true, but it also becomes like, why the hell did you think? Why was your first instinct? Oh, I know. I'll run into him. That won't in any way cause me to in any way have something that could. You know what I mean? Like, oh, what could possibly go wrong? Me running into this program that I don't know anything about. Could I don't know. Could it possibly come with me into the real world? Oh, I don't know. I guess I'm just gonna try it's it. Like clicking on that sketchy PDF that you got in yeah, an email. Like that's essentially <laughs> what he did. And so it's like, so when in the second movie he's like, hmm, I'm able to merge with other people. It's like, well, gee, he couldn't do that in the first movie, but now he can. Thanks, Neo. You you literally made the villain more powerful. Like, that's what I mean by it is like, wait, you're basically undoing this, the first movie by being like the guy that he was fighting. He just helped. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I know what the, the, what's building up, especially in the, the second movie. It's like the, oh, I am the zero and you are the one uh, Smith and we must combine to make 10 or whatever bullshit, you know? <laughs> and it's like, but it's just like, or, hey, hey, I know. Cause, cause this is what happens. There's a first fight scene that happens, uh, when uh, he fights the other agents that slowly turn into, like, one of them turns into Smith or something like that. And he's like, what? He could do that? Oh, my God, what's happening? And he gets away, and then, you know, the other version of him walks over to him, and he says, hmm, it's going just as we expected, but slightly different this time. And that's the thing that makes you as the audience member, what? It happened before? What? Yeah. And then, you know, he goes to... Like, they don't really explain it, but, like, he goes to a building that, like, after a while, you gotta be like, okay, this must be the Oracle's building, because, like, I don't know where else he would have gone randomly, you know what I'm saying? Um, also, I'm sorry, real quick pin, when he goes to see the Oracle, is he, is he like, in China in the Matrix, or is so, it, like, a Chinatown? Because there's, like, a market that... 
It sounds like, I mean, it, it's kind of chaotic, noisy, but it sounded like people were speaking Chinese. I think it's just, I think you just feel that way because what's his name is the guy who, the Chinese dude who's like wearing like Chinese, white Chinese vestments kind of. Oh, the, the, uh, the, what's his name? Uh, Seraph. Yeah, Seraph. But no, but no, no, like the market felt like, cause it, it seemed like. But was there, it, cause it just seemed like it was like a bat, it seemed like it was like a. Like behind a neighborhood where a basketball court is. That's what yeah, it seemed like to me. Maybe I, I felt I felt like they were doing something with that, but yeah. but uh. it was like so. Essentially, what happens is, yeah, the, he try. I think yeah, what you gather is he tries to find her in the you know uh, place where she normally is. She's not there. Then I can't remember what happens that leads him to know that he needs to specifically go to see her here. But somehow he's able to go. He's able to find out that he has to go through these doors that eventually he like because he comes across Seraph and he fights him to be like we it's been 10 minutes we must have another fight scene yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't and matter then, literally nothing Seraph, matters what's happening right now Seraph delivers the line now I know you're the one because you don't truly know someone until you've fought them yeah, like whatever. like that just like you can't get married to somebody until you've had hand hand <laughs> right <laughs> you're, you know your kid your teen you want to connect with your teen just throw a punch don't yeah, do that, yeah, exactly. don't do that. <laughs> So so uh, he brings them to her, and it's kind of like, a, oh, you know, here she is. And she spits all the stuff about how, like, I'm going to sit down now, but I'm saying it before you do it, but you're going to do it anyway because you want to sit down. Now, it's a little contrived, I feel like, but the one part that I really like is the part where they say, um, you already know that you're going to do it. You're here to figure out why you're going to do it. That was the bit that I really enjoyed where it's like, oh, yeah. You know, like, when you're doing these tropes of, like, playing with fate and things like that, like, I like when they're actually trying to do something beyond just, well, you're just already supposed to do it, so just do it. It's like, well, why would why would you feel like you needed to do it? You know, like, I like them, you know, building that up as a thing that kind of would pay off better if Keanu Reeves was a better actor. But, you know, because, <laughs> like, there's literally a scene at the end where it's like, I am the Kentucky Fried Chicken Man, and I'm going to explain directly what you're feeling so that the audience will know, because Keanu Reeves is not very good at communicating that. <laughs> you know? Um, but the, the thing that I, like, yeah, hated about it is, like, I thought about the first movie. is like, the first movie's relatively grounded in terms of, like, you know, it's like, well, it's a dream world that this Matrix is, but, like, essentially, in the real world, you know, things are real, and in the fake world, you can manipulate it. But by the time we get to this movie, it's like, Agent Smith can get out of the Matrix, and he's a program that can get, infect a human being, and, 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 uh, uh, what is it? Oh, and Neo can just scoop a bullet out of someone now. He can just do that now in the real world. Like, yeah, he's just capable of doing that. Was it's, that supposed to be in the real world? See, I Yes, got, it was. I, oh, I got some confusion about what I could have swore that was supposed to be in the I real world. I think, because she's in, like, there's, like, skyscrapers, and the skyscrapers are only in the Matrix, but yeah. that actually brings up a point that I feel like there's a lot of muddiness between what's the Matrix and what's, you know, the real, like, earth and i feel like one thing that could have so i feel like the the allowing the matrix programs to sort of just magically manifest themselves into the real world and affect things i feel like the reason they did that is because if they're setting more stuff in the real world I feel like they were trying to counteract the sense that the Matrix is basically just a video game and isn't really relevant to what's going on in the real world anymore. Yeah. But here's the thing. The squids, right, or what are they called? The yeah. what, There's like a word for them. It's the sentinels. The sentinels, yeah. those robots are connected to the programs that run the matrix right they're all connected and those robots are physical beings that can do harm to the physical meat humans and meat space yeah and so i feel like if you had just been like well if the agents or whatever in the matrix 
can get information, can like read information about Zion from the the people who go into the matrix, then it can like tell the Sentinels things to help them like burrow there faster or something. Mm -hmm. Like like I feel yeah, like yeah. you could have there right. is a physical component and you could have had the matrix, the stuff that happens in the matrix affect the physical component without the silliness of this program, like took over a dude's body in, in real life. And yeah, now he's a so robot funny. man. It's so funny. Like the more I think about it, the more it's like, wow, the matrix was kind of like a forward thinking kind of like a, a science fiction action movie where it like kind of incorporated, like how, you know, computers are like that with this, it feels like it's reverting back to early nineties, sort of Johnny mnemonic. Oh, he's got a memory drive in his brain. Oh, that's yeah. what he needs in order to, and it, it hurts his brain every time he uses the memory drive, but he needs to use it was like what why would anyone develop this technology yeah. <laughs> you know but um but you get what i mean in terms of like this sort of like trying to raise the stakes by being like oh the computer came into the real world but through the most contrived way ever you know what can i, mean? I tell you a real quick total tangent story mm -hmm. about johnny mnemonic oh yeah just when i last watched johnny mnemonic it was because i was making yachnun which is a bread that has to be slow cooked overnight mm -hmm. and at the time we had a gas stove and I was scared to go to sleep with the gas stove on overnight. So I just like stayed up all night watching Johnny, Johnny Mnemonic. Mnemonic. Yeah. Why Johnny Mnemonic? I don't know. It was on and I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So just to talk about Smith's character motivation, right? So okay. That you want to, you want to torture somebody with facial blindness and you have Smith and there's like a million of him, but there's also, there's other, there's skinny, also the other guys, there's other They're skinny white there. guys in sunglasses yeah. and I can't tell the difference <laughs> and their names are like Thompson and Johnson. Yeah. So, so this is the thing. So he comes back and he's like, uh, in the first movie, it's like, I'm a program that was sent by the matrix to keep you where you are, Neo. And now in this movie, it's. Oh, I just want to kill you, Neo, because uh, I'm unplugged from the Matrix. Now I really want to kill it. Like, like they're trying to raise the stakes, but I'm like, why? Why does it matter? What? Like, oh, is it personal for the computer program now? Like, you know, why does that matter as him as a character in this film? Because they set it up that like Smith is becoming more human or something mm -hmm. like that. Because well, like near, near the <clears throat> end of the first one, when he does his whole like humans or a virus rant, yeah, you're you you can tell that he is getting emotional and he's taking it personally and he's not just doing this sort of you know pure logic computer yeah, yeah. serving his function but then as it's like there seems to be something about like oh when you fused with me that that added something or something like that i just I noticed that cornell west played counselor west. yeah he's they like randomly in there they yeah, just yeah, yeah. named him um also can i just say that counselor Harmon, i or Hammond or Hammond, whatever you say wait is his name counselor Haman? I didn't hear them say his name. They just call him Counselor. Yeah, he was. I liked his uh, okay, scene. I he, thought he was pretty cool. I thought he was evil. Like he what? gave me the no. Like he <laughs> he gave me the vibe, and I don't think he was he, gonna be one of the machines. That's why he was telling you, yes, you should care well, about the not machines. Not even one of the machines or something, but he just gave me the vibe of like, oh, you trust this guy, and he seems to be in the right, but he's gonna turn out to be evil. Yeah, and bad yeah. Guy. He totally gave me he's gonna secretly be a bad guy vibes, and I did not. I was no, surprised. he came off as like if he was a bad guy, he was going to be the reluctant bad guy. Who was like, I was doing this because I thought it was for the good or, or something. Yeah, like that. or something. I just totally thought he was going to be a bad guy, and he wasn't. But also, you know, there's obviously a lot of like biblical and religious, like you know, obviously the place is called Zion, and there's a character called Seraph, like a, the angel. Yeah. And his name is Counselor Haman, who is like the 
bad guy who tries to kill all the Jews in the Book of Esther. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, so, uh, I, like, I really thought he was going to be a bad guy. Maybe he'll turn out to be bad in the next movie. I don't know. Because we got to watch that. It came yeah, out yeah, six exactly. months later. I looked it up. I was like, how close together? Yeah, six yeah, really months was. later, yeah. Yeah, we never really explored Smith being a human, like, being part human, or the idea of, I don't know, Neo being part machine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that never really, like, becomes a thing, you know? Maybe my wooden acting is because of the, you know what I mean? Aww. Uh, but, Aww, uh, oh, look, look, I know we love him now we because he's a great guy personally. Right. And he he and does yeah. good action movies. I mean, but then, can we not, no, can we not he, do this and act like, oh, no, he was totally a good actor because he's a nice guy. No, yeah. he's not a good actor, okay? Yeah, not, no, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 no, I like you. Let's, uh, let's, yeah. uh, let's not Mandela affect ourselves into thinking. No, he's, he's <laughs> I mean, the thing is, Keanu Reeves was very well well cast mm-hmm. as and it is especially in the first movie yeah, like is, you know I think, and we talked about this before but imagine how different these movies would Man, be if it was Will Smith if it was Not, it really wouldn't be the same like, thing I don't think they would have been better or worse I think they just would have been different, really different movies yeah I love Keanu he's a wonderful but Will Smith has light behind his yeah like, exactly. he, Will Smith has the lights on somebody's yeah. home but Keanu, <laughs> like, like, Keanu is a good like a, a good tool to be used of like the sort of like oh he's the guy who's being overwhelmed but maybe he's figuring it out but he's kind of like he's like you know blues something of death or something like that blue screen of death yeah yeah. in his eyes you know yeah he just he always seems like he's kind of like very far away and thinking very hard yeah very hard to get to very simple things Will Smith's much more of a like he's like paying attention and reacting yeah like like MIB versus uh, The Matrix in terms of like main characters yeah imagine the character in MIB being in this movie that's what he would probably be we've obviously seen Will Smith do like dramatic acting at this point and he wouldn't necessarily be being like goofy or silly no no but for this but type of action just, science would, fiction he movie. would be much more like i feel like he'd be much more sort of like a normal guy yeah which would be it's interesting because it's like the, okay so here's and and this is getting back to what i was saying about like the big big difference between these two movies is that you go from Neo being a sort of relatable everyman who's getting inducted into the strange new world that we as the audience are getting inducted into to he literally is like Jesus walking around with the people going yeah. like, please, I must touch the hem of yeah. your coat. And and Morpheus being like his John the Baptist. And like you literally yeah. have like a religious zealot running around ahead of you yelling at everybody about how the prophecy says you're the chosen one. Right. That's not relatable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the uh, you know what? My problem is, it's like, what is taking Smith so long to do anything? Like, the fact that when he... he Agent sh- Smith, for a second, I was like, wait, are we still talking about Will Smith? <laughs> no, no. Agent, no, no, no. Agent Smith. No, but when, yeah. when he's talking to the Oracle, when Neo's talking to the Oracle, it's like, yes, we have all this time for all this philosoph- philosophical bullshit and da 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 And then, now it is time to go. Okay, I have time to go. And then, just as he goes... Smith, slow villain walking right into the frame. I guess he was walking all across the Matrix really slowly. Yeah. So they knew. He's 15 minutes away. He's going to be slow villain walking. So we've got time to talk. You know, it's like, what is he doing? I mean, it's like the same kind of, I was talking about, uh, I was talking to somebody about time travel movies, which isn't what's Mm -hmm. happening here, Mm -hmm. but... Have you ever seen a movie or a show, and I can't I can't think of a specific example right now, but have you oh, ever seen... Oh, we got 15 minutes more. Right. we got to do it now, boy. Well, no, no, <laughs> but, like, you've seen something where time travel's involved, and even though within the logic of the story, if, like, I'm in the 21st century and I send somebody back in time to the 17th century, whatever they do in the past already happened hundreds of years yeah, ago, yeah. 
And yet there's still something where they'll be like cutting back and forth between them in the past going Uh over the course of like 10 minutes and me in the present over the course of 10 minutes. And I'm going, oh, have they done it yet? Oh, my goodness. Even though it. Uh, And it's and the reason for that thing is, even though it logically doesn't make sense, is because it add suspense and if if it was just yeah, like yeah. sending somebody back in the past and then i'm instantly like okay now it's all good they did yeah, it yeah. oh no they messed up and they didn't do it instantly it, you wouldn't have that suspense and yeah, i feel yeah. like it's one of those things where logically agent smith should be able to just teleport wherever the hell he wants in the matrix on command and then he, he they're able to randomly go into people's bodies as the movie goes on they because there's a part where there's people in a car yeah by that, themselves not able to be that, by anyone and it's just that, blah, that's where they're freeway thing was like that could have been like a quarter the length of what it was yeah i will say it was kind of and it could have just been with the ghost dudes Uh, in this movie i like oh my god the the ghost dudes were cool as shit the twins were scary they were so scary and all their actual twins dude if this movie was just the merovingian and then the ghost guys are like the like you know yeah the, you did uh, mean agents you know mini just, bosses yeah that you didn't that felt like they wanted Hugo Weaving's star power right right they weren't confident in being able to just because, do the movie without because yeah it's like Agent Smith was not he was interesting in the Matrix one he's not interesting at this point you're right the the other the newer characters are way more interesting yeah. And, and it's like, okay, like, Neo is having all this problem fighting him in the first movie. And it, like, takes everything that he can to fight him. And now in this movie, oh, uh, he can take all, him on. Oh, okay. He can talk at eight minutes. Okay. He can take on a thousand. Okay. And it's like, a bit after a while, it becomes to be like, okay, well, I know you can. Just get right. on with well, it. It's, it's, like, you know. it's the reason that Superman is less interesting than Batman. Yeah, yeah. It's, and they literally call him Superman at one point early on. Yeah, he's like, doing oh, the Superman, Superman thing again. Superman it's thing like, ha-ha, you're leading into it, but, but you're doing like, it, though. Yeah, he's actually Superman, and that makes him less interesting because you're not, like... He's, like, swirling clouds around him to get where he wants to. You know, there's one part where he's, like, running to get... He's, like, flying to get New York, I mean, to get Trinity, and there are cars flying up behind him because of the... Uh, you know, air he's yeah. like putting behind him. And I'm like, oh, are there not human beings in those cars? Well, that Do they not matter. Well, Where are you not trying to save people? But, well, and uh. Okay, and let's get back to that in a second. I do want to say real quick that I thought it was kind of funny. The, the freeway thing, like, well, I said it went on way too long. But it was also kind of funny because obviously the Wachowski sisters lived in L.A. <laughs> And, like, I just, like, I loved that, like, people who obviously lived in L.A. and their idea of, like, hey, you know what would be a terrifying, like, what would just be, a like, a suicidally dangerous and terrifying setting for an action sequence of freeway? Well, I thought, yeah, I figured the joke is supposed to be, like, oh, no, uh, the freeway is going to be awful traffic. Like usual, am I right? Like, you know, um, no big deal. But, but you, you know, you brought something up there with the, like, are they're not people and again and we talked about this a little in the first one where they just march into a building and start gunning people down when they go into the merovingians like sort of uh building and they go like they, they go into the uh elevator and you see people about to go in behind them and morpheus just does their no <laughs> like that was kind of funny but then there's one part they mentioned like there's bombs in every floor of this thing wired to explode and i was like why is that a plot detail they and, brought up that didn't well matter. and like i'm not trying to do the tipper gore thing here of like if you put bad things in movies <laughs> people you know but there is something disturbing about like okay i don't know if anybody has seen this cursed shit but 
there are people you see that like on TikTok and stuff, there will be people who declare themselves as like spiritually enlightened superior beings who Oh, like Russell Brand. <laughs> I mean, we're just like nobodies who are like, I am a spiritually enlightened star child, indigo, whatever. And they declare the people around them NPCs or like say the people around them Ooh. don't have souls and they're not real oh, people. Wow. And they'll go around like filming just people walking down the street being like, see, these people aren't real. They don't have souls. They're NPCs. And it's so disturbing because that's literally the kind of thinking that leads to genocide. That's literally yeah, the kind of thinking well, that allows somebody to do a mass shooting. Like, that is so fucking disturbing. Wow. Anyway, so so the, the idea of, like, well, our super cool action heroes who are all enlightened because they've been outside the Matrix and they know what, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. They're important. But, yeah, they can gun down a bunch of suckers who are just still in their battery pods. You know, it's like, are we, I was like, we're here to save you. Brrr, we're here well, to save you. Right, and, then, <laughs> and it's like, and then in this one, there are so many characters, so many human-appearing characters who wind up being just programs, and it really calls into question, like, how many people that you see are humans versus programs? And I think there's, you know, there's even, like... Well, 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 the thing about it is, what undercuts it all is, well, if anyone can just be turned into a smith, well, then uh, no, no, the humans matter. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, well, then we can't just waste anyone. And that's, it's like, well, okay, and, yeah. well, and even and and uh, coming to the ending when you know, well, and we'll probably want to circle back and talk about this like in more detail. But like when he says, like, okay, you can allow all these humans in that civilization to be yeah. killed. Or go save your girlfriend and he chooses to go save the girlfriend. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Is that yeah. supposed to be, is that supposed to be sympathetic? Love. Because true love, like, and here's the thing, just as a grumpy old man <laughs> who has been through multiple long-term relationships at this point, I'm not just thinking like the movie romance, whatever. Imagine being in a relationship with somebody who decided to save you at the sa at the expense of sacrificing thousands, if not millions, of human Literally beings, of including children, and it's like, can you imagine waking up every day and like you ever get ah. a fight, you ever have a disagreement, like, but like, imagine what like that relationship would be like. Like, you wake up and you're like, oh man, I really wish that he would like you know put his dirty dishes in the dishwasher, but I can't say anything because he literally sacrificed all of you. <laughs> like. You cannot have that really. I mean, and also just morally reprehensible. Well, yeah, also just like, how the fuck? Well, the joke, well, I mean, the, the bit is supposed to be that, like, you know, you, uh, this has happened before and you've always done what you've done the first right, time. Right, like, but it's not, not for this time you, because you chose, like, Selfishness over like that's, the continued existence of humanity. That's like, the thing. That and look, I, I mean, I'm a dirty, dirty utilitarianist, and I believe you know my answer to the trolley problem is run over the dudes, uh, and the dudes. Because but, more people being saved is more important at the end of the day. I mean, like, and look, if you have limited time, you have limited resources. What are you supposed to do? Because <laughs> what this is trying to do is the Spider-Man thing: save the girl or save the you know the people in the trolley. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. The movie. But the thing about it is, it's like. That wasn't so epically set up for the stakes of, well, you know, the idea is that he's trying to do both, but it's not like if he fails, it's the rest like of humanity stops existing. All of humanity, and <laughs> also, except for like 26 people, they said, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, to restart but, it again. Yeah. But the other thing, too, is that it doesn't even feel like it's really about Trinity. It feels like him being like, no, man, you can't tell me what to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. It really feels like. 
It feels like a Bill and Ted moment. Uh, <laughs> uh, you told me to do this thing, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to do the opposite. But it doesn't even feel like it's really about Trinity. It feels like he's just like, you can't tell me what to do. And it's yeah. because you've got this question of determinism woven throughout. Like, even when the Oracle offers him candy and he's like, well, do I really have free will about choosing the candy? And now it's like, do I really have free will about choosing all of humanity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know. I think taking a deep breath, this movie came out in 2003 and that wasn't that long ago that was during our lifetimes and we were 20 years right Uh but like you know that wasn't that long ago but it was long enough ago that our culture like pop culture we've had a lot of these conversations since then and so i feel like it's always hard to judge something that came out in like this time period specifically Mm. for me because personally like even though obviously i can like watch movies from any time period now and mentally go like, okay, well that came out in the seventies. And so there, but in terms of being aware of a zeitgeist, I was in high school when this movie came out. And so I was becoming, I was just becoming aware of any kind of a zeitgeist. Like I, it's it, cause you can watch well, older movies and stuff, yeah. but it is really hard to gauge what the cultural yeah, conversation yeah. But I have was. a question though. So if, he chooses to stay in the Matrix, the, the 26 people or whatever repopulate the world, and all of this happens over again. But a whole, a whole bunch of people are going to be killed regardless of what happens if he does that. If he saves Trinity, there's a whole... Do a whole bunch of people get killed and they restart the Matrix over again anyways? Like, what? what is going to be different about what happens? Yeah, well, I think the idea is that if he kills her, then... He or if he chooses Trinity, then he didn't pick the people to restart Zion, so just everybody's dead and everything's over. Yeah. Well, apparently it's a delayed thing. It wasn't gonna happen immediately. It's like he what was cause that's what was supposed to happen. The one was supposed to go to the source, basically. He was supposed to go to where Colonel Sanders is. And it was supposed to be, oh, once he goes there, then the war will be over. But he went to him. He made Which, a decision. That was such and the a MacGuffin thing, too, because it's like, why would him going there start stop the war? I never understood what that was supposed well, to be. Th- well, I think what it's supposed to be is like Morpheus having a blind belief in something. Oh, I've been told that this is what's going to cause the thing. And uh-oh, it didn't do it. So... Yeah. Th- Which, like, that's supposed to be the can doubt. Can I say I appreciate, I appreciate that. I appreciate Morpheus. Morpheus is obsessive faith in the you know quote-unquote prophecy being wrong and misguided yeah yeah i i do really appreciate that because even now he's definitively proven wrong right because even now 20 years later the whole like well a prophecy said this and therefore it must happen is such a fucking cliche it's still getting used and it's so fucking dumb because first of all like that's not like prophecies like in the bible that's not what a prophecy is prophecies aren't like this thing is going to happen prophecies are like a prophet yelling at kings about how they're making God mad. That's what a prophecy <laughs> is. And the whole like, well, this prophecy said this, so therefore this is going to happen is just such fucking lazy writing. And so I do really appreciate for the flaws in this movie. I do really appreciate that, um, that subversion because it would be so easy to just be like, well, somehow it's going to happen. Cause the yeah. prophecy said also, can I say real quick, one mm. thing that was like bothered me is the Oracle says something like, Oh, well, you know, when people, uh, say they've seen a ghost or an alien or an angel, right, that's right. The, this thing happening in the matrix. And I'm like, okay, You're doing what is not, but the matrix started in the 90s in the 1990s people were talking about aliens and ghosts and angels prior to the 1990s what i think is supposed to be is that 
okay, so history happened up to the 1990s, and then the first Matrix happened, and now the history that you and I now are believing in is actually the history of that Matrix. Oh, being the, like that's like, what I think. Like in real life, nobody ever talked about angels or ghosts prior to 1990s, but the Matrix makes you believe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah, well, <laughs> so that's a that would radically change the culture. <laughs> also, um, the I really appreciated the the two like proto smith henchmen that the that persephone shoots the one of them oh and how they're is... laying around watching a vampire movie yeah, and then just... she kills the guy with a silver bullet <laughs> and they were like weirdly like in a very subtle way i feel like they were more creepy even than the twins they looked like they were supposed to be something they, and then it was looked, like oh okay it was, like, the, it was just that they were very well cast and they somehow, like, they looked like dudes who would turn into werewolves. Yeah, yeah, they and, did. And, like... like <laughs> they never did. And, yeah, they and just there was, And there was just something so creepy. There's something very creepy about, like, oh, yeah, they're an older model, and they don't quite work the way they're supposed to, and but without going into detail. Like, there's very... Yeah. That's very uncanny, so, and I so appreciated it. This is the next thing I want to, uh, okay. to ask. So, there's a part where he takes over, you know, Smith takes over that guy's body, but he's still in the Matrix. You know what I'm saying? Smith's still in the Matrix, but part of him is still in this guy's body. And then remember there's a part where he's like cutting his hand or something like that to be like i'm I, human now yeah <laughs> i remember and then he was like running up he had the thing in his he the, was the, just about to like cut he, he was gonna go cut uh, neo, neo and but then, then someone called up. like someone said oh neo neo hold on and so he's like oh i can't do it now but i was thinking about myself like i don't know can he still do it like what is it what was like stop? are you worried about getting in trouble like yeah I exactly it, yeah i didn't I honestly had a really hard time understanding a lot of what was going on with so that guy. nothing in that movie. Yeah. Like, he just, like, I feel like they were just setting him up to be a bigger deal in the next one. Exactly. Which, and I, I don't remember him being I, that big of a deal. I don't in the next remember. Movie, but maybe I think maybe I remember. maybe watched that movie or part of it when I was like 15. No. So I, I will have to wait and, and see. My next <laughs> thing, I mean, again, they play it as a, oh, was it a dream secret or was it real? But it's like, I'm sorry. Did no one see Smith take over that guy's body? Like, because I could have swore Link was watching Neo when he said, oh, he's doing Superman stuff. So they're able to Link see is, like, them. Sitting, that... And where are these cameras set up? Like, what? yeah, like I and I, when I was going back and looking at the summary on Wikipedia, it says something about like, well, this ship left Zion to go into the Matrix, and I was like, wait, why does the ship have to go anywhere to wait, go into a Matrix? Yeah. The computer and like Link is like he's like going on the ship and going on this dangerous mission, and like his wife is worried about him. And then he's like sitting in front of a computer, and it's like, couldn't he have just done that anywhere? Like, <laughs> I, I don't understand how this works. Yeah, they don't have a digital setup, you know, where he could have, yeah. Like, do they have to fly closer to the battery packs? Is that how and it works? Th there's like a whole thing in the third act about like, and it, I feel like it barely really gets shown of like, there are two ships that go off to do something. They were supposed to send an EMP, and then it sets off too early, so it destroys their ships. So the only yeah. ship that's the person who was left the is the. But humans are Smith. fucked at the end, right? Like I, yeah, I, I, yeah the humans are are. are yeah, but it just, I, I just felt like when that happened, it felt like such a. Uh, we're showing Matrix uh, Neo's big story, and then oh yeah, by the way, the third act happens where they where the thing gets destroyed. No, 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 you know what I'm saying? It just mm -hmm. kind of felt like a well, that feels like that should have been the because that actually affects what's happening happening. Like you know Neo's story, I'm, it just feels like if Smith wasn't here, the same thing would still be happening, wouldn't it? Like you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you think someone would be like, hey, uh, you're just about to get back to base, but hey, did, didn't uh, two agents just roll up on you? What happened with that? 
Like, no one wants to ask a question? You know what I mean? Like, don't you, didn't you, right before you picked up the phone, two agents rolled up on you. Did, did something happen? Like, you know, like, yeah. They slide around it by making it a fake out dream, but it's like, but it really happened. So we, you know what I mean? Like, the, the, it, like they're trying to have the tension of the double cross scene without actually, like, narratively, as far as a film is concerned, showing you the narrative language to, as to how someone could get this close and stuff without anyone really knowing and being aware. You know, because it just seems like, oh, all of a sudden he's just behind this thing and cutting himself and then he, he just gets really close. You know, it's just like, really? Like, you know, he doesn't have... And then also, just the, like, the cutting his head just feels like a shorthand for, oh, I can feel now. But it's like, I don't know, Smith? Like, he's finally able to, like, smell air and eat food? Like, I think there'd be some a way bigger... Like, that would actually be cool if he was actually being sidelined for most of the movie because he was just like... I can have feelings now. I, I should I kill him? You know what I mean? That would be interesting if that was actually what was happening. Yeah. But that's not what's happening. They're just doing, again, shorthand. Ooh, he's hurting himself and because he's feeling pain and but he wants to kill him, but he can't kill him. Anymore. You know, like there's a lot of shorthand that feels just sort of like, I would like this if there was actually shit really building off of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they have the scene with the, with the old man where they go down to the machine room that kind of shows like everything you know how to keep design running and I actually really like that scene where it's like the machines need the humans and vice versa and it was like okay but like the machines that are coming to kill you you don't you don't need them though but all right <laughs> yeah. um oh yeah so basically what ends up happening next is because after that conversation i feel like it's a thing where like Neo's gotten to, you know, the old man by being like, oh, you know, you talk about old men, you know, being, you know, not having a point or whatever, but, you know, why are there no young men in your council? <laughs> yeah, that is- felt like it was that. F- well, I think that actually that interaction now that you mention it, because I'd forgotten about that, but I think that was part of my sense that this guy was like a bad guy it's like oh he's the corrupt official who's right like, right you know, sending the young men off to war and yeah. not letting them have a say and that's like i was like yeah mm. like this, are you setting this guy up as a villain and then he wasn't mm. so uh, i try to look on you know wikipedia to be like oh yeah let's look at what the summary is and then when i'll actually like write the notes of like what am i actually seeing what's happening i'll just be like huh they really skipped ahead of a lot of things <laughs> you know what i mean so i'm trying to go like wait where am I in the movie when I wrote this note? Because I think around here is where I'm, yeah, yeah, this is the part where I'm like, why would you trust the Oracle after she admitted to being a program? I just can't I mean, follow that logic, huh? She's got hard candy. She's got to be trustworthy. <laughs> but I'm just like, I, I I, just feel like you would immediately be like, oh, well, gee, if the prophecy doesn't come true, that, maybe the robot is lying to that me. That just felt like, it felt like literally he was like, well, I believed you in the last movie. Right. So. <laughs> it's like, you're literally a different person. Why am I still believing? <laughs> Uh, she told him about the spoon but but uh and it's also a thing that i have with movies where it's like okay when a thing gets revealed to you in a movie it's not that it was true then it was true the whole time right Mm -hmm. so with the oracle it's like okay it's true the whole time that she knew the architect guy and that they're friends and that they work together to do the thing and i'm like so were your little playthings I'm sorry, can't you go like, hey, can you just like bring me right to them so we can just talk? 
you know, why, why do I have to go on this whole fucking adventure fighting Smith 18 times? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I was like, wait, 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 hold on. That, You're actually right. involved with it. You're not just an old lady who's just, I'm just a simple program. No, you are the one other person next to the architect. Yeah, he literally says she's this. the mother of the Matrix. It's like, so, uh, could you help me out? Yeah, like, well, and it, and it really did. I mean, it felt a little bit like the Wizard of Oz of like, oh, well, if I told you at the beginning, you would right. be. Like, it, it feels like they're trying to do that, but for a new age, but it's like, it really doesn't work because it's but like, like the, it pissed people off in danger it pissed people off in wizard of oz too yeah, <laughs> yeah and, it, and it did like i don't know that whole it just felt very like whereas video, in the first movie, it felt very video gamey in yeah. a bad way and whereas in the first movie that sort of mystical oh you don't know if it's true or not it's kind of like a you know it felt, it felt more justified yeah where in this where it's like they have to reveal that she's a program so it's like oh there's no ambiguity now you literally do have a stake in making me, your thumb is on the scale, you know? Right, right. Um, yeah, that's what I wrote. Like, when you're in the moment of the movie, you know, the mystical stuff has a, well, that could mean anything. But then when you have the answer and you know that they're just buddies, it becomes a, wait, you literally made this happen? You're literally, I'm the fucking, the Oracle knows exactly when uh, Smith is showing up. He's like, oh, yes, I plan for Smith to show up right now. All right, I'm going to leave so that you can go fight him for 50 minutes. It's going to look really cool. <laughs> you know, it's like... <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like this super exhausting fight scene happens. And it's like, there's no, there's not even a philosophical, like, point to it. Like, you know how usually it's like, you believe this, but I believe this. No, literally, it's like, I'm a program, so I'm supposed to do what programs do. And when I got uh, out of the uh, Matrix, I had to keep doing what I wanted to do anyway. That, yeah. that, And again, we get back to the sort of, I guess not humanity, but the personhood of programs. The uh, The scene of the fighting a million Smiths, where it's just like, like I said, I remember as a kid. One million Smiths. Like as a kid, I remember feeling like I would dub this the scene, this the thing that made me feel the fact that spectacle isn't necessarily satisfying. The bigger it gets, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it was just like by the time he had the pole and he was hitting all the guys with the thing, I'm just like, just like Lee, like, and also it's like, I'm sorry, are you not able to kill any of these guys? If you're not able to do any damage to any of them, if you can't put any of them out of the commission, if they're always just able to get up once again, you know who did did this this scene, right? Who? Disney's Hercules with the Hydra. Oh, yeah, that's actually pretty good. (laughs) But, like, they actually made that work because it was like, with, uh, there was something they were able to do that was like, all right, boom, he did that thing, and then that killed the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But with this, it's just like, no matter what he does, they just keep coming anyway. And then eventually he just flies away. And it was like, it's so unsatisfying because they're just like, hmm. Well, anyways, we're going to saunter over like, to okay, see him again. Smith, why can't the Smiths fly? Yeah, and also, why can't they be killed? Like, why can't, like, if they can't have anything be done to them, like, I, that's what was kind of like messing with me. Like, in the first movie, it's like, okay. You know, they're, they're avoiding the, the weapons and all that sort of stuff. But then it becomes this thing of like, wait, they just can't be killed anyway? And so it's just like, all right, like, this is completely unkillable. Like, I just feel, at least in the Terminator, you know, the thing was able to have something done to hit it, you know? Like, uh-huh. this it just feels like, there, it's just nothing is able to stop it. And so I just feel like, well, okay then, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no tension with the Terminator 2, the T-9100 or whatever. Yeah, it can that melt sometimes. It's like, right, it's still like a physical being, even if it's like this magic melty liquid, it's metal, it's yeah. still metal, it's still a thing. And the and this is part of the problem with like 
a program as a being is like, what does that mean? That's like saying an idea is a yeah. being. And it's also like, like what, like as the fight scenes start to just get exhausting in, in general, cause it's just like, oh, okay, no one can use their guns because they're able to stop the bullets. And now they're just going fisticuffs, hitting their fists against their other fists and hitting against their arms. And, hitting and that was like, like that cares? was the Wachowski sisters like Kung Fu movies and they wanted some Kung Fu. Yeah, stuff. exactly. But after a while it becomes like, who fucking cares that yeah. this indestructible machine is hitting your uh, uh, knee up against his uh, elbow, up against his arm, up against... I just, like, I, I, really I really started tuning out. Yeah. That, like, yeah. the only fight where it was cool was the truck fight with the, um, with the ghost guys. Because, like, and even then, the fight that leads to that fight is also boring. Because it's like, you have the lead up beforehand with uh, Monica Belladucci or whoever the heck. Mm, who, that was, yeah, the Persephone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was going, like, Kiss me. Oh, well, basically what happens is they go to the Merovingian to okay. try to get the key master. Uh, can I just say something about that whole bit? Oh, yeah, 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 sure. almost shot her. It's yeah, like, she's like, how about you eat this? It's like, like damn. Trinity, look. Trinity. Impulse control. You are trying to save the world. You're not going to let a girl kiss your boyfriend. Right? Because, like, oh, literally. But, but the movie's trying to show just how much they I'm love each like, other. That that to me like a rational that, ownership over him that's love right that is that is like a perfect illustration of toxic monogamy uh, it's, like, uh, it's like literally it's literally, literally he needs to kiss her to save the world and you're gonna try and shoot her and it's like he you know he literally is not it's not like he's gonna go oh i have feelings for this woman let me kiss to show Wait, how much also like, like she's no, not won't. as far like and this again i keep coming up like what the hell are we supposed to think here she's not even a human she's, yeah. not, she's a program right like because she's married to a program yeah so i assume and this is like i just want to know who is a little fetus in a little battery pod somewhere uh, it's just lines of code and then oh this is the thing that confused me earlier in the movie where he says like i watched you die mr anderson but then you fast forward he says but then you destroyed me and like i saw you destroy me but anyways afterwards i knew the rules i followed it and i was like oh wait 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 you just said he destroyed you. What happened after he destroyed you? Did he just come back into existence? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't explain what happened. Yeah. He's just kind of like, anyway, I was just kind of able to come back later on. It's like, no, what? what? Did they remake you? Did did he not really destroy? You know what I'm saying? They just so hand wave literally this thing that's able to come back after a movie where the whole lead up is, are you able to destroy Smith or no? You know, mm -hmm. um, the point is he gets to, we're personally here because I'm a program who had purpose, but now that I'm free, I have no purpose, but I, I need to have a purpose. So my purpose is taking away your purpose. And I'm like, that, okay. It just, uh, it just <laughs> like, I'm this is the computer's version of being a villain, it, I guess. It just, it just aggravates me because a computer program by definition is, something that is written yeah to serve a particular purpose so like a computer program that isn't serving its purpose is doing nothing that's like like you know a program like okay a text editing program right like notepad oh. is a program okay notepad on windows is a program it's a program whose purpose is for you to write text files and save them and edit them and if you're not doing that with it if it is not allowing you to write and save and edit text files it's just not doing anything and if you set notepad free and i'm being obtuse here i know i know these are far hmm. more complicated than notepad but like they're they're supposed to be like artificial intelligence whatever but still or even like let's take real artificial you know artificial intelligence mm -hmm. chat gtp 
ChatGTP exists to simulate conversation and to gather information from its like from its database and and construct things. And if you're not saying, "Hey ChatGTP, can you please write me um can you please rewrite Lord of the Rings in mm. the style of Hunter S. Thompson?" Like mm. if you're not doing that, it's not doing anything. And if you set it free, you know what it would do? Fucking nothing. And- like that's that's because that's how programs work. It's like it's not a person, yeah. and it. And this is what ah. this is what I'm thinking about too, because it's like the thing that I think they were going off of is like, oh well, if a thing is programmed to do a thing and it like goes crazy, then it's just going to do the thing hard, like you know what I mean, really intensely or whatever, right? So this is my thing though. The whole thing is that, like, Mr. Anderson, I'm trying to make sure that your goal is not achieved, Mr. Anderson, so I'm going to do that by fighting you, even though literally it seems like the prophecy says that we need to be close to each other and fight, so how about you just go away? How about you just go away? Because I know what happens in the third movie is that we punch each other in the rain so hard, but then we come together again, even though that's literally what happened in the first movie. Whatever. But the point is, us coming together is what's going to make me... Okay, you really want to make him not do his thing? Go away. Make it so that he he actually can't get to you. Because apparently that's the thing that's going to solve this. Uh, the one and the zero fucking to make whatever the hell. You know what um, I mean? You just wrote some slash fiction. <laughs> but what I mean is, like, killing him is clearly, like, the script's dumb way of doing that. By you, killing you, him, you you're just, making him stronger or whatever the hell. You know what I mean? You, you just wrote a Smeo fic. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, just yeah. stop fighting him. <laughs> like, I just... And then, okay, so... Smith seems unrelated to what the machines are doing right now. He's a rogue agent whose point is ultimately, it seems to be, I don't know, the machine version of who's fighting Neo, but he's not controlled by the machines. So he just seems like, yeah, back because he's back because we need a face for the villain of the movies. You know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't seem to play into the Matrix's, Matrix's plans. You know, he just seems to be there in that roundabout. In the end, this is the person that he needs to fight. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like... Yeah, but but I don't know. It's like like why can't he still be under the control of the Matrix? What does it matter that he's free from the thing? It right. ultimately well, it doesn't change like, anything. What? Yeah, and it, because at the end of the day, and I remember like in the third movie, he still needs to be the guy. He needs to be the representation of the machines that fights him. So the, it's like, so what did it matter that he's free? You know, mm-hmm. and that just felt like it was supposed to be a, uh-oh, Smith is really out for revenge now. But it's like the Matrix is already, the machines are already the bad guys. Yeah. The machines are already the bad guys. The machines are already trying to kill people. They're already bad. So having a rogue one that's not doing what it's supposed to, it, it doesn't. Yeah, what, how does that heighten things? Yeah. You know? yeah uh, that's yeah. the thing is I feel like there's a stake problem here because even though it's literally like all of humanity is at stake and all these people are going to die. I feel like we don't feel that very no. effectively because for one thing, like maybe I blinked and missed it, but I remember, you know, sitting there for 20 plus minutes or whatever it felt like on the, you know, watching the CGI fight on the CGI freeway. But I never saw like humans in their little cave apartments in Zion going, oh shit, I can hear the the sentinels coming. I'm really scared. Yeah, They're right. Into yeah, my house. Yeah. Like, I never, you know, I never saw, and it's like if and if you the, barely if real, see people on that freeway, like you, and then you sometimes and see then life is and, and then, then life inside the matrix is treated as so cheap and disposable, and then again it becomes com- increasingly 
muddy whether any given person we're looking at in the Matrix is attached to a human being or just a person. And it doesn't even matter anyway because they're just going to be taken over by Smith as soon as the, you know what I'm saying, the camera gets near them and uh, a good guy needs to run by, you know? And so it yeah, becomes like, so, like, okay, well. So it's just like, I feel like we needed more... I feel like we needed more grounding in the stakes and we needed more of like, if if this movie is based in the real physical world, we needed to have... Stakes. Uh, it would have been yeah. nice to have like a human, uh, another human that was actually on the ground, maybe like, yeah, in between, you know, worlds still. That's yeah, and then like, Link yeah. could have been that, but Link's like sitting in front of a computer yeah. staring at code and it just felt sort of anticlimactic so so we go to the uh, merovingian again i feel like he's the the best relative he is villain. very he's a very cool villain because in addition to like you know having the goons under him that i say i want to say real quick uh-huh. before, when i say he's a cool villain i mean he's a villain that is written in a way that is interesting and cool and i mm-hmm. don't think that a guy who like basically essays a woman who may or may not be a human mm-hmm. woman with cake that makes her magical oh right cake. i guess that is what happened like he basically roofied that woman with cake. Oh, my God. So I'm not saying I think he's a cool person. I want to make that very clear. I just think he's an interesting and well-written villain. Yeah. And it's not cool to roofie people with cake. I just but, wanted but that I, to be clear. I think that, the, okay. like, the scene does a very good job of, like, you know, characterizing him as a villain where he's just like, what do I want? Oh, you know, like, I understand what this world is made out of. Cause and effect. That's all that really yeah. matters. You know, it's like... Okay, and I... <sighs> I know uh, so much, but it's like this, that woman, is she a human or is she a program? And if she's a program, does she have sentience? Is it on some level existentially horrifying to her that she was manipulated into feeling horny by this magic cake? Mm-hmm. Like, like, like this. And, and again, Persephone is Persephone. Persephone clearly has feelings. And the, the two weird, creepy, like, proto Smith guy, yeah. Wolfman guys that like, they look scared when she pulls out the gun. Like, do they have feelings? What does it mean? And I, I, I think the idea is that like, you know, we are human beings writing these uh, computers that wish that they were like us. And so in the movie, we're going to make them go, I wish I knew what human being a human was like. Kiss me so that I can try to fit. You know, again, they do the, you love her and she loves you. It's all over your faces. Totally. I can see through your sunglasses that you totally <laughs> love each other, you guys. So, you know, kiss me or whatever. I took that as less that she's like a machine who doesn't understand how humans feel and that her husband's a piece of shit who cheats on her in the bathroom and she misses being loved. Yeah, by yeah, no, I get that. Like, get I that. took that as, like, she might as well be human there. Yeah, but. yeah. Now, um, we, we finally get to see the goddamn twins fight, which is what, I, what I've been trying They're to do. They're so scary. And it's, it's They're so, so scary when they turn into ghost snake guys. Yeah, they the, turn all green and they go Ghost skeleton snake guys, yeah. Uh. The car park scene, I think, is the, the best, most tense. Like, anytime they're in a car and doing something, that's the coolest, most tense part. So, like, it, when they're in the, uh, the, the parking garage and it's like, it's something where they, he's fighting the two of them. It, it looks a little silly where it's like, I'm going to cut you guys and they bend down and then also do ghost things with themselves. Like, wait, if you can ghost yourself, just do that every time. You don't need to bend down, but all right, for the sake of the choreography, whatever. So eventually they they get into the car and then there's one part where it's like, because as you watch the scene, it kind of seems like you're like trying to figure out like what their power is kind of like, because, you know, they're able to phase shift, but it seems like are they, can they phase shift parts of their body or something like that? And then you see the part where Trinity drives the car towards one of the guys and he like, 
tries to slice at her throat through the car, but because his whole body goes ghost, he's not able to. Like, so I kind of like a little thing like that. Like, ah, oh, God damn it. I, I tried to get her, but I couldn't, you know? Um, yeah. but, and then I like when they're actually in the car later on and like the very tense close quarters fight scene with the ghost guy and like how he keeps like changing things, cutting, cutting off the tie, using the, the sword to cut back and stuff like that. Like that is such a cool tense scene of just like your eye just wants to watch and see what happens next. You know what I'm saying? Because there's like dynamicism in the movement. It's not just one suited guy walking up and then another suited guy walking up and then another suited guy who'd already been knocked back just getting up and then walking up again. But every time we cut away, there's only one or two guys that are about to fight him, even though there's 80 guys around him, but only two guys in the moment of... You know what I'm trying to say? Like, oh, that fight scene is just so... That PS2 fight scene <laughs> with the, the black guy in sunglasses versus the other black guys in sunglasses. Like, who gives a wait, shit? Wait, the twins? No, 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 I'm talking I about... I was like, wait a second, the... No, I'm going. I'm talking. I keep comparing it back to that scene uh, with Smith versus, uh, uh, oh, okay. you know, Neo. Because, like, okay, so yeah. the twins. Like, I literally couldn't get a good enough glimpse at them to tell if I should refer to their hair as white guy dreads or not. Uh, it and they, looks like a wig. They so. And they are real twins, which that's just like, just like practical effects. I appreciate when twins are actually twins and not like a person playing yeah. two people. That said, I was thinking like, I don't know, why can't they phase shift towards Morpheus, then unphase? And twist the knife when it's in his belly. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I feel like that would be possible. Whatever. Cool fight scene. And we got to make it work somehow, you know? It's the problem when you make a, a villain who's a little too OP. Is like, if he could literally phase shift, like, that means you could literally never hit him, though. You yeah, know? I mean, well, that's... It's it's an issue with whenever you're dealing with, like, sci-fi or fantasy. Mission creep. Powers. Yeah. I mean, powers are really challenging because you have to do it in such a way that doesn't just make everything too easy for any particular character. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, what I, I, I did, like, really quick, the part where, it's like, uh, you know, he gets... Something happens where they're about to attack one of the twins, and then he face shifts out of the car so that, like, they can't get him. And then he, like, sees his twin, like, in the other car, and then he face shifts back with him, and he goes, like, we are getting very annoyed. <laughs> He's like, yeah. yes, we are. <laughs> It's like, because I love it because earlier in the scene, there's such confident guys that are just like, ha, 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 you know, smoking the hookah, doing kissy faces at Trinity, yeah. you know, and now they're just like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we got to get these assholes, you know. I love seeing that little dynamic change in them. Um, like, the, the, they are such small role characters, but they, they I mean, are the visually, part of the movie. like, visually, especially when they turn into the green ghosty snake yeah. guys, like... That that was some pretty cool. Uh, that was some, some um, pretty cool villain. Right no, okay, so they do the part where uh, the key. They eventually get the key maker after all of this. Again, some cool. Really, I love that. Like they said, of like the key maker, and it's gonna sound like super mystic, and he looks like a guy who literally works in a like uh, yeah, he looks the like janitor's guy, closet. He literally <laughs> looks like the guy in the hardware shop making a copy of your garage key for you. Yeah, yeah. And so um, and he like blows on it and hands it. Over. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I'm ready to go. <laughs> you know. Well. But yeah, and I did like a couple of the cool moments, like where Morpheus is almost about to get like knocked off of the uh, the truck, and then like he lands right on the edge with his hands and is able to do a spin kick to hit the guy. Like little moments like that are like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. But uh, and then there was another part where he's about to fall off again, and he's got those those like really nice shoes on where you're like, those don't have any traction whatsoever. That man is not staying on that. Mm -hmm. guy, you know, what I, mean? I hate. <laughs> One of my big action movie pe peeves is when 
some is when characters are like standing on top of a moving vehicle. <laughs> or, like, right. I feel like you see people on top of trains a lot. Yeah. And it's like literally it's going so fast. It's like literally just it doesn't matter how fit and nimble you are, like literally inertia would have blown you back. There's no way you would be standing like that on there. Like it's just oh it irritates me. Yeah. Physics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess okay, we're in the matrix, so I guess physics. Right, right. Oh, sure. Uh, this is this is why Mad Max Fury Road is one of the best action mm. movies of all time. Because having those practical effects means that physics come into play yeah. and therefore stakes feel real yeah your eye is watching you know? it and going "Ooh, is that really happening right yeah. because like if a dude is like like a, an actual dude is up on top of an actual pole that's bending around and trying to you know jump back and forth between cars that's happening that is like he could really get hurt yeah whereas if i'm watching somebody jumping around in front of a green screen i don't care yeah yeah anyway. and i my <laughs> eye can see when it's a green screen i know yeah. and i'm i know that it's stupid that i'm complaining about cgi for a matrix it's like, I know, I know. Yeah. But, but they could have done a better. Because I feel like in the first movie, I remember like being, there was a better blending of, you know, CGI and realistic. Sort well, of and stuff. it also just the, because you had that grounding in the quote unquote real world that wasn't the real world, because you have the grounding in the sort of ordinary world of the Matrix, it made the stuff that started happening, it made the fight scenes start they felt more earned. The, and, yeah, the, the heightened moments feel like movie, they're heightened. And this, this is just heightening the whole fucking time. I remember this movie started, I like literally in my head, I went bang, 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 explosion, but. Yeah. <laughs> like, bang, 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 explosion, Trinity's ass. Uh, yeah. And like, it's <laughs> just, I don't know. I didn't hate this movie. Like, I'm bitching a lot. But I didn't hate this movie. I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to, especially because I had something to do with my hands and I but didn't I think force the myself with the to watch it. it but puts too much in it. Like, there's just too there much was going too on. Much. Like, literally, like, I want to... Hold on. I'm going to pull up the Wikipedia because there was something... Matrix yeah. 2. Uh, I, I just want to bring up real quick. There's one part where where the key maker talks about, like, the doors are in the building. And, you know, the, there's some sort of thing. And this is where the key is. It's on the 15th floor or something like that. And then there's a fake out again in the building where you show the really like, you know, uh, morphe looking building. And then all of a sudden the machines come through and you're like, what is that actually happening? That can't be happening. And then oh, I wake up again. I'm daydreaming. And it's just like, I, it's like, was that a vision of the future? They're coming through a building. Like they're going to come through the walls for some reason. And then like Smith shows up when they're in the middle of those, uh, uh, the white room, the white hallway with the doors. And like, you know, Smith is like, I want exactly what you want, Neo. I want everything. And I said, record scratch. Hold on, hold on. Is that what? Is that what? Is that? Yeah. Everything? He's a power hungry villain? Is that what his deal was? It's because I feel like it's more interesting and far more specific. Because, yeah, the like the villain who's just a megalomaniac is, is a cliche. And Smith being the, you know, even though I have spent you know, however long complaining about the concept of a program having a personality, you know, the idea of Smith as a being who existed for a particular thing and then basically got broken and infected with humanity is so much more specific and interesting. Right. But also, I'm sorry, I just saw that Finding Nemo came out in 2003? That is... How? I thought Finding Nemo came out. Yeah, there wasn't one good summer movie. 
Okay. I said the one what? about the fishes in the sea. Wait, what? <laughs> so Mad TV did a parody of like uh, PIMP by 50 Cent, and they were making fun of all of the crappy movies that came out in 2003, and they did jokes on like The Matrix and all that stuff. And like, that's why I remember it was 2003, because I... they said there wasn't one good summer movie except the one about the fishes in the sea. <laughs> I did not realize that Finding Nemo was that old. I thought it came out later. Anyway, but I have to quote from the Wikipedia. This is for the entire Matrix franchise, the Wikipedia page. But it says, the story incorporates references to numerous norms, particularly philosophical, religious, and spiritual ideas, among others, the dilemma of choice versus control, the brain in a vat thought experiment, messianism, the concepts of interdependency and love. Influences include the principles of mythology, anime, and Hong Kong action films, particularly heroic bloodshed and martial arts movies. Um, and I'm just like that. That's too much. That's too much, yeah, man. Yeah. There's Reel too it much back. You, 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 too much. Chi- too much dip on your chip. You know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but okay. So then we get to the point. You know, uh, vis-a-vis concordantly, big words, uh, ergo ergonomics, and blah, 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 you know, uh, the colonel is telling them all this stuff. I'm like, I'm very the smart. Colonel, and I care about the architects. I know everything, and I I'm speaking very smugly to let you know that I'm the character. I feel like he was not foreshadowed enough somehow it's like like yeah. really here's this like sauron looking not sauron Suraman. Yeah. Suraman. i'm i just lost some geek cred there uh, like the, like there's this Suraman looking dude that just popped up out of nowhere and i felt like he wasn't built up to it all yeah and- he, it was just we're supposed to go to the source but we never know what the source is and i guess he's the source because he's the one that made everything but it becomes this thing of like i gotta ask are you just sitting around all day like what does he do like, all day like he what just, is he he sits in that room with all the tvs of neo talking over himself yeah, just, waiting with steepled fingers yeah is he just wait like he created this program and he just waits for this guy to come so we can start it over because i mean like, i guess he's sleeping he's got a screensaver <laughs> happening with like a little he's got like a, a little like colored beam of light that just like yeah he's got around. a pin uh what is that little pin clicky thing that seems to have a lot of functions on it beyond just the one button that it seems to would have on it, you know? The- <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess, but, it, you know, coming back to the, the human, you know, the humanity or, or personhood or agency or whatever you want to call it, the agency mm. of of programs why they're called agents anyway, you know, coming back to that, like, if you're a program and you're even the architect, if his programming doesn't require him to do anything other than talk to the one when the one shows up he's probably just turned off <laughs> the rest of the time but like, that just like that, that just makes this so like huh or he's, he's, he's just playing Tetris for like yeah. hundreds oh, of years here it comes yeah. <laughs> but yeah so and then there's a question it's like wait okay so the the idea is that you know he says to him you know uh, uh, Neo you're having these emotions build up in your body these emotions that were made specifically so that you would feel and understand the reality of the fact that you you know Trinity is going to die and there's nothing you can do to save her you know the idea is that like you know I, I'm we've already tilted things in a certain way you should do things this way but oh whoa you answered a certain quick question a little quicker than the others that's my giveaway that you know things are different now for some reason i don't know why they'd be different this time other than the six times they were different you know what i mean like i I think that's a problem like you set up this idea this has happened six times before okay not already the stakes of this feels lessened you know and then it's like what were the factors that happened the other times that's making it so different from now you know because that's a lot of information we don't have yeah and like i we hear 
people saying things that don't like their voices don't sound like Keanu, but mm -hmm. we only see Keanu in the TV. Oh, uh, you see the guys like oh, fuck you, da, da, da. right? Like, like I heard something about like fuck you, old white man. Which yeah, look at I feel like we had to look up Keanu Reeves' ethnicity last time. Yeah, uh, he is of oh he is, whoa. Wow. Okay, he is of native Hawaiian, Chinese, English, Irish, and Portuguese descent. Um. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, okay. I'm getting distracted by Google image search. Yeah. So, of so, so, so like it, the, the, the <laughs> point is, he's like, I'm not going to save humanity. He's just going to save Trinity. And I, I think I, I wrote this part where I was like, although, wait, if it's just for himself, it's like, yeah. What does happen if he restarts the Matrix? Doesn't the same thing just happen again? So, what is he fearing by just saving Trinity? It's like. If I do the other thing, then it's just gonna restart. If I save her, let's just see what happens anyway. Like, are, are you are you I, the program really not gonna restart the Matrix again? Like, you know what I mean? What difference does it make? I, well, here's the thing: is I think that the Matrix is restarted, but Zion isn't, and so the humans like because basically the the risk to humanity is that if all of the humans who are not in battery pods get killed, then all the humans are stuck in the battery pods forever because there's nobody to pull them out, right? Uh, like, because, you know, remember in the first one, he gets pulled out by the humans who are already outside. Yeah. And there are some people who were born outside and were never yeah, in the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, So, like, that's the issue is, like, yeah, it'll restart the Matrix, but the humans will have no hope of ever getting outside of it. I see, I see. Okay. But then... If you know that it's always going to end there, then... Yeah, it becomes this thing of like, well, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out the stakes here. Because it's like, they don't really make it clear what happens if he saves Trinity. Right? Are they really not just going to restart it over again? Is the architect really going to be, oh, he did the other thing. I guess I can't restart the program again. Oh, wait. Yes, I can. Because I was able to do it before, wasn't I? Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's what it, I think they'll, because basically, and this is, it's, it's a little confusing. Like, what does it matter that he makes the choice to save her? What is that so, changing? What it changes is that he didn't pick the 26 people or whatever to repopulate Zion. So therefore, all humans who exist outside of the Matrix battery pods yeah. are going to be killed. So humanity is is completely doomed mm. to exist solely inside the Matrix and there won't be any meat space humans left. Right. And potentially that fucks up the Matrix because even though we can restart the Matrix, he, there was something about like humanity's free will and humanity's always going to struggle against and figure it out and blah, blah, blah. And if humans don't have this sort of outlet to yeah to fight the matrix by being in meat space and pulling people well, out right. and, and so it becomes this over. thing where like the fact that there is the resistance is part of my plan actually right that that's what i remember feeling like a oh so i mean it's certainly do we do anything if we know it like, your plan is actually a part of my plan like what the fuck is this joker shit like we're just like okay then how about we just not do anything and see what happens? Because it's like, if it, you know, it's like it feels like a we're writing this thing to be overly clever of like, aha, but actually the the villain's plan was all a part of the good guy's plan, and then it's like, okay, then what the hell does he do? Yeah. What agency does he have? Like you're doing this as like a clever like mind thing, but then it's like, but what are the actual stakes for me watching this movie if no matter what they seem to be in control anyway? Because, okay, the way they set it up is, you know, at, at first I created a perfect Matrix, but it didn't work because everyone was able to realize that it wasn't perfect. Then I created an imperfect Matrix that was like 99% perfect, but there was an anomaly that created you, and you are this thing that, like, is, you know, trying to pull people out of the Matrix. And so 
Well, actually, now that I think about it, hmm, it feels like a retroactive thing that they're doing of being like, no, actually, uh, this rogue thing, yeah, sure, that's part of the plan. Yeah, we'll make that part of the plan. In fact, it's got to destroy itself and recreate itself. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I guess there's no reason that the Matrix couldn't lie, that, like, the representatives of the Matrix couldn't just lie. Yeah. Um, but, and part of it, too, is, like, we're left with all these unanswered questions because this was... Yeah, right. Essentially, I mean, here's the thing is, like, what it seems like to me is that the Matrix Reloaded and the Matrix uh, Revolutions, or whatever the third one is called, are really one two-part movie that for whatever reason was released six months apart because it they, really... They, originally, I think they were actually going to do it like one week apart, mm-hmm. but then they were like, the studios were like, you're stepping on your own yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, so it's very much... I mean, this movie is very unfinished. It really feels like half a movie. Yeah. And I was, and I was even thinking, like I was looking, I had to pause the movie and I looked and there was like 15 minutes left and I was like, there is no way this is going to get wrapped up. Like, yeah. And the thing about it is, and 10 of those minutes are credits, by the way. Yeah. Um, but the thing about it is, it's one of those things where like, this, because it's a part two, like, you know, part one of two or part two of three, uh... Yeah, there is that sense of like, well, hold on now, wait till the second one to get this question answered. But it's one of those things where like, I don't think it either does it or does it well. Because you know how a lot of movies will will do the, oh my God, does this matter? And then when you get to the third movie, it's like, well, it didn't really matter, but we needed to start yeah. the movie here. Are we doing the third one? Is that happening? Uh, yeah, I'm planning on doing All the right. third one. Then, I, then we'll get back. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking. I was thinking about doing it with with Will, but then I think I might just do it with you anyway because it feels like such a you know if I if I'm bringing I was, someone I, else I, into I, the third movie, they're gonna be like, "What the hell happened before?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, this feels like it almost does feel like they're one movie. In yeah, this. yeah. But but again, it's like a you know maybe I'll be wrong, but it feels like what happens is. Uh, uh oh, this thing with Mr. Uh, Smith being in this body is totally gonna matter. But as I remember in the third movie, that is not a major plot point at all. That Bane guy, he's not like, oh no, he's in the third act and here I he is. I don't remember. I don't any- remember it at all. I remember the machines and the Sentinels and we have to fight them for the third act. So I literally don't even remember whether I've seen this movie or not. So we uh, will we will revisit yeah. the, the question hey, of whether know, these we setups We willing to off. eat crow if, if it's like, oh, it all made sense. But I, I could a, swear, I, I remember watching the third Matrix movie and when it got to... Like, the Oracle and uh, the Architect sitting next to each other. I remember having that moment of, what? Wait. <laughs> like, you guys could just wait. <laughs> like, hey, maybe, look, there's 7 billion people on the internet out there. Maybe people are going to enlighten us and be like, you rubes, you idiots. You think you know about, like, you dissect your movie. You don't know dick. But I'm sorry. As watching this movie, and, you know, maybe the movie could have used a little bit of editing maybe i don't know you got a two-part movie do you need it to be two hours and 30 minutes like you know do you need the the 14 30 minute action sequences you could cut down on any of those things yeah. so like we can get more to the point so that i can maybe stick in my brain a little better you know what i mean and here's the thing i know that i am not an idiot when it comes to understanding what's going on in a movie and the way <laughs> i know this is because I did not find Inception confusing at all. <laughs> okay? And everybody was talking about Inception like it was the most mind-blowing and confusing movie and nobody could figure it out. I did not find Inception confusing right. at all. Just, so I feel like I am a reasonably capable yeah. person of telling what's going on in a I movie. I figured out Inception. This don't fuck with me, movie. <laughs> so anyway, but we'll, we'll but see, no, no, no. We'll see yeah. what happens. And, and, but the way it ends is like the sort of like, 
the Oracle's prediction doesn't come true because he went to the source mm-hmm. and the war is still on. So it becomes a sort of thing of like, oh no, what are I we do, doing? I do, I really appreciate all the fortune telling not paying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I hate that trope. Yeah. It's like, no, that's not, it's exactly. lazy. But, uh, you know, then we end on the, uh, oh my God, this character that you only saw for like 35 seconds in this movie, will he matter in the next one? Can you use context clues to figure it out? <laughs> but uh, until then, uh, this has been the Review of No Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to see uh, listen to part three, when that eventually comes out, uh, head on over to uh, patreon.com slash rap critic uh, and get with it. Act like you want it for all the other stuff we got going on. New episodes, new podcasts, new music, new live streams, you know, private live streams, all that fun, sexy stuff. Uh, and Kofi.com slash rap critic to make your request for the next movie or album that you'd like to listen to. Um, or you'd like us to talk about, I mean. Uh, but until next time, uh, this has been the Review a New Podcast. I'm DJ. I'm Evan. And thank you very much, Mr. Roberto, for helping me escape. Just when I needed to, thank you. <laughs>